Welcome to the Intern Whisperer Live, the show all about the future of work. Reminder listeners, you can call us live on the air and the number is 407-582-2906. You can also chat live with us online through Intern Pursuit's Facebook live chat. Coming up in this episode of Intern Whisperer Live, looking for internships? Sign up with Intern Pursuit at www.internpursuit.tech. Our guest tonight is Sebastian Reese with Cebos, which is an archery brand producing tutorial videos on how to use and shoot archery equipment. So how can you find us? You can find the Intern Whisperer and, well, we're really an Intern Pursuit, but you can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you can find our Intern Pursuit game on Facebook and also on Twitter, and you can find the game on internpursuit.games, so everybody knows that. Um, you can listen to us live on Valencia College Radio. Um, you can listen to us live on Valencia College Radio. Watch us live on Facebook. Follow Intern Pursuit, and you can all call us live on the air. The phone number is four zero seven five eight two two nine zero six, and you can also chat with us online. So I believe, <gasps> look. Somebody's already chatting with us. And it's your relationship. It's my little sister. Hi. Thanks for watching. We appreciate you. Okay, so we're going to shout out our first sponsor of the night. It is Orlando Devs. Orlando Devs is a nonprofit organization made up of a community of software developers in Orlando. Whether you love writing code or just getting started, you are welcome to check out Orlando Devs Meetup to connect with software and IT professionals. Their website is www.orlandodevs.com. Thank you, Orlando Devs, for being a patron of the Intern Whisperer. Intern Pursuit News. Students, do you want to work with one of our great employers or with them or with Intern Pursuit? Go to internpursuit.tech to sign up and create your profile. Employers of all types and sizes are invited to be part of our early adopter beta program and take advantage of special pricing by December 31st, 2019. Contact us at info at for more information. Want to play our game? Go to www.internpursuit.games to check it out. All righty. So welcome, Sebastian, to the Interim Whisperer Live. Well, thank you for having me. It's really exciting to have you here. So we will be asking you some questions. We want to learn more about you and also what it is that you do in this entrepreneurial space. Oh, look, I just joined, too. <laughs> so feel free, just relax, have fun with the show. So where did you first get interested in archery? What's the story on that? So my dad's hunted his whole life. His whole family's hunted um, and from West Virginia. They've owned property up there for... 50, 60 plus years, hunted it ever since. Dad's always hunted, he was into archery. Back when he was in archery though, they were old bows, you know, so it was kind of really hard to get into, um, harder technology, harder to shoot um, and everything. So when I was first getting old enough to shoot a bow, cause you know, there's like a certain draw weight you have to be, so you can't really get into it as young as you could as shooting a firearm. Dad got me into it and we started off just with like this super cheap Walmart bow that was just like, barely you know just just over the threshold Mm -hmm. to be able to be shot and we worked on it we chased it i mean we put way more money into this little cheap bow than we could have just went and bought like an actually decent bow to begin with you know three or four hundred dollars um 
But we chased her a whole summer long. I think I was nine and I turned 10 um, while I was still practicing. And then I went that November to West Virginia for my first hunt and um, with a uh, bow. Yeah, got my first deer, shot it. Oh, I have a question on that one. Kind of addicted ever since. So my brother hunts and he does uh, uh, like bighorn sheep. He, he hunted in, in, in Alaska. He uses uh, a gun when he shoots. So this is something I've wondered. I guess I should have warned you. But so when you shoot with a bow and arrow, is it like an immediate kill so that the animal is not suffering? Uh, uh, no, it's not. Now, that's where, you know, the practice of knowing where to shoot an animal and practicing your shot so you're confident in your shot. As to where, you know, a gun, it can be just as instantaneous as a um, gunshot if you go with a heart or lung shot. Typically, though, with the arrow, given, you know, there's not an explosive impact. It's more of right. like a bleed-out wound. Um, but if you hit them, you know, in the vitals, you know, it's within 30 seconds. They're usually completely done wow. and which can still be true with a gun you know with a gun they tend to you know fall you know mm-hmm. more than obviously but that's just the impact of it um the sudden shock as for an arrow they're kind of figuring it out but it can still be just as effective so my brother as a hunter he always uh, he's a firm believer you eat everything that you kill you know you use every part of the animal kind of like indian culture and i find that really interesting now he has never, I've never tasted anything that he's killed, to be clear. Not because I didn't want to, it's just because I've not been around. But he's done, like, uh, killed bighorn sheep, and he has, like, the the hide or what, I, the fleece? I'm not uh, sure can, what it's called. It depends called. on, you can get, like, a hide and get a rug made. Some people get a yeah. mount where it's just, you know, like... He's got the head. Yep, so that'd be like a shoulder mount, they call it, from like the shoulders up, or ram. Sometimes they just keep the horns, similar to deer, too, depending on the size. But typically the most common is the shoulder mount Yeah. from the head above. Yeah, and he's he's respectful of the fact that, you know, he he has killed an animal. So he, and it may not make sense to some of us, but, you know, some people just will go and kill an animal like an elephant and take the tusk and they do nothing with it. Whereas in this instance, you know, he, he knows that he's not killing it for either the hide or whatever it is that was about the animal. He knows he's going to make sure all of the animal is, is used wisely. And to chime in a little bit on the elephant thing, while there are people out there that do that, it's actually a common practice for these guys. You go on these African hunts that are for the trophy. Mm. Uh, you can't, you just, you know, the cost alone to ship back any kind of meat from Africa, just they do in small portions and dry ice. Um, but typically once they harvest an animal that size, they'll actually donate all the meat to the local village. Oh, that's um, good. Every part of the elephant, um, you know, not just elephants, uh, buffalo, water buffalo, um, anything sizable, really, they'll donate back, and it could feed hundreds of people for a couple mm. weeks almost. Yeah, um, that's true. The amount of meat you get off it. So that's just, and not, like I said, that's not everyone. There are people out there who go out there and, you know, just do it for the sport, but that's that's usually a common practice. So what do you guys do? Have you ever tried any type of a sport like archery? I know Miranda, you mentioned you'd like to, yeah. you know, try it. Obviously, I have a feeling that you're talking about like at a range yeah, where there's bow and arrow, yeah, like yeah, target. shooting at a target, yeah. not necessarily something that's living. Yeah, yeah. So what about you, Sydney? I have not. I'm interested in your story. My story. Didn't you say you? She said she wanted to try it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what try. She okay. Yeah. And there's still time. Yeah, I'm not an expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She okay. wants to go and check it out. 
yeah go ahead that that's pretty common i mean there's a there's a whole world of people out there that you know are just into target shooting mm -hmm. they've never even been hunting they have no care to hunt you know even whether it's a compound bow which is typically used for hunting but a lot of recurve bows you know mm -hmm. anyone of any size can shoot a recurve bow just a matter of how strong you can pull the arrow back you know, that's a that's, workout too yeah. and it is and that's it's therapeutic a lot of people do it you know it, it's how you get I've gotten a lot of people into hunting was through just starting them with archery they just mm -hmm. wanted you know it's a hobby you can I think it's very mental right it, you it have is. to be like uh, really anyone with you know like uh, 20 yards worth of space and you know somewhere safe to shoot you know can go in their backyard and shoot um and you know you could do it for hours and you know be relaxed you're outside you know especially in florida where it's a mm -hmm. nice day out if it's not too hot mm -hmm. um, try to catch the evenings early mornings but yeah it's um it, there's, it's a uh, it's i don't want to say it's half and half but it's um it's a uh, pretty big uh, group of people that don't even want anything to do with hunting they're just into archery itself yeah. and if a lot of people think might might be like the recurve like a lost art but it's still just as you know booming as it's ever been mm, very nice have you guys ever tried shooting guns no. Gone to a gun range? I've heard it's a lot of fun, though. It is. It yeah. is an immense amount of fun. I've gone to the gun range, and it's extremely empowering. Yeah. And when you get up there, and I'm pretty sure you can shoot guns. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, because you're a hunter. One of the things that I loved is the fact that, okay, try this little lady's gun. Pew, pew, pew. You know, pew, 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 all of that. And then it was like, no, I think I want to try that. And then I went up and then, okay, I want to try the machine gun. And then all of a sudden, oh everything God. was like going to a whole different yeah. level. And you feel really, really strong and really powerful. And I found it just an amazing experience. And, and it is. And it's same expensive. Thing. So, uh, yeah, it can be. Yeah. Uh, and, and that same thing with guns. There's people out there who, you know, just go to the target range. I have a good friend of mine. He's never been hunting, doesn't care to hunting, but he, he knows everything there is to know about guns. Um, a lot of times people, you know, think bows and guns, they think hunting and killing. And, you know, mm -hmm. that's not always the case. Um, and, you know, there might be reasons behind one or the other. But, you know, being doing it therapeutically, shooting guns yeah. or bows is very common yeah, and it's effective. Being, of course, wise and being mindful, it, it, is a, it is a weapon. And we need to be thinking about what we're doing with something like that so that we're not abusing it, but we're being respectful mm -hmm. of it, right? So you guys have some questions. So why don't you ask a question over here? Okay. Well, from part one of our interview, the first question I had, well, the second question is, how did you meet your business partner? Uh, yeah. So I actually started my brand, Cbos, um, with my business partner, Sammy. We got together. Um, I left my previous career um, doing flooring about July of this year and started my own advertising and marketing company. From there, I started it with my business partner, Sammy, who I had met in high school. I knew him in high school a little, but actually we didn't talk to each other for, I've been graduated since 2013, so almost mm -hmm. five, six years. Um, never really talked to each other that much, seen each other here and there, but most recently, the beginning of this year, we started hanging out, and I've started learning, you know, he's real business savvy, he's going mm -hmm. to college for computer science, okay. um, and, you know, we kind of took it from there, so he was one of the first people I approached. Um, while he's not my longest having friend, mm -hmm. um, he seemed to be the most prepared and dedicated um he was definitely into it and he was wanting to get into it so through a crazy twist of events he, um he actually had his brother-in-law his sister's husband one of his best friends tech company here in orlando florida and so you know he had met him through like their wedding and some other events vacations and stuff and uh he was like hey man this guy does marketing and advertising in orlando so why don't we go out and meet him so we're like okay yeah let's uh 
we go out there, we set up a meeting with him. We go there like at seven o'clock at night. Um, he's done working and he just sits there for like three hours and tells us everything, you know, all different kind of tools, you know, and stuff we had no idea about. Took it all in stride, loved it all. And we're like, great, cool. Like, let's go have a beer. So we go, it was actually Sam's birthday um, that night, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. um, so we go out, we have a drink. And while we're at the bar, I start to explain to him my history in archery. And he heard how I talked about it. And I was employed at Dick Sporting Goods um, mm -hmm. when I was 19, from 19 to 20, um, for a year. And just off, you know, for the first month of working there, I realized it was my first day working there was actually Black Friday. Oh, um, wow. So wow. What, what a, what a day, day to start. I actually went hunting in West Virginia and then got dropped off the day after Thanksgiving right there, my first day of work. Wow. Um, so uh, from there, I could just tell, I mean, instantly, you know, there was people, especially it was the one in Davenport, Central Florida, and there wasn't another one south all the way down to get Miami. So there was a whole, that was the first place people could go for general bow stuff. Um, so we've seen a lot of people in there for archery. Um, and no one knew, like, you know, I was, I had never at that point worked on any, um, like archery equipment or a mm -hmm. bow press or worked on a bow with any professional equipment. I'd always done it at my house mm -hmm. with just, you know, some hand tools. So, but I noticed it in there and I asked one day, I was like, Hey, why don't we ever use a bow press? And, you know, they have a whole list of prices to repair bows, fix bows. And they're like, Oh, we don't do that anymore. No they don't have archery technicians. I was wow. like, well, why doesn't the store have one? And she goes, well, no, all of Dick's sporting goods doesn't have any. I was like, well, I oh, wow, that's an opportunity yeah. right there. Yeah. Right, so that's a need. I was like, well, I'll do it. I mean, I'd love to sit here. So they started giving me a couple hours a week um, setting up bows um, as they would come in, you know, just assembling them, you know, kind of getting in. Then we started, they started letting me do bow repairs, working on peep sites, different parts of the bows that people usually would have to drive hours to go do. And so I'm telling Brad this, and um, then I tell him that I actually got the opportunity to go open the um, archery section, the lodge section in particular, um, for Dick Sporting Goods. I did the one in Mall Millennia, the one in Claremont, a whole bunch of other ones. And I did that for a couple months um, before I finally left to pursue the flooring career I was in. But So I was telling Brad that, and he just kind of looked at me like, he's like, so you were the only archery technician in the state of Florida for Dick Sporting Goods, and you're 19 or 20. I was like, yeah, but, you know, I never thought of it since then. And, you know, even during that, I never took it like that. I was making mm -hmm. like 15 bucks an hour. I was just happy for that, you know. So we, he just said it and it just sparked right there. I mean, like we just sat for like the next like till the bar closed to like two in the morning just talking about all the different things we could do, blah, blah, blah. And he gave us a little plan to action or call to action, you know, do some market research, do this, do that, which was totally new to, you know, me and Sam at the time. Um, we had never done anything like that. We were the advertising business I started were for small local businesses. Um, so, you know, I was like, okay. Um, and we did. And I actually came up with um, a 70-point power slide. That are 70, there were 70 different topics, and within each topic I had anywhere from 2 to 10 different videos I could start. So I had over 200 different video ideas we could do just as like a tutorial for YouTubes. Um, along with different ideas for, you know, coming up with a software app and um, different things to do with archery. And um, and we presented it to him the next week, and he loved it. And um, we kind of just went from there. My partner, Sam, came up with a name. Um, my name being Sebastian, my whole life, most people have called me Sebo. Um, so it's S-E-B-O. And then he just, we were just texting back and forth, trying to come up with some names. And he said, see bows, just do a double. That is great. Yeah. I would have never thought of that, yeah, that that is where that came from. No, yeah, yeah so it was, uh, it, so it kind of works out because people already call me Sebo. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, it kind of works out. So it caught on. And ever since then, you know, we've designed, um, I designed the logo myself. We came up with slogan. We actually have a website 
we're going to be um, coming out with soon, as well as we've started to film our first coming soon video. Um, we went on a hunt last weekend, actually, um, a weekend before last now, along with another one, and we kind of put together a video that our videographer is working on. So. so when you go for a hunt, is this hunting season? And what are you hunting for? So all year round, it just depends on what you're hunting. There's always a hunting season going on, um, mostly because in the state of Florida, there's wild hogs. There's technically no season on them. They're considered a nuisance. So yeah. basically anywhere in the southeast, you could always hunt something. Um, but right now, how it's broken out in the state of Florida, at least, is through different zones. Because the zones are broken out based off of mating times and feeding times, you know. Um, so this time of year, there's what they call archery actually just ended. Um, the seasons go, and this is pretty consistent through most states, is it's archery, muzzleloader, rifle. Or sometimes they go archery, rifle, muzzleloader. Um, but those are typically the three common seasons for big game like deer and so forth. You can always look in, you know, there's resources all online to find out where your local hunting season is and where it's at and everything. So it is most definitely hunting season year round. You have a lot of fans. Like, yeah, you have a lot of fans. <laughs> I, got a big, uh, I got a lot of friends watching. So Yeah, so you've just started your entrepreneur story. And you've been working down in Starter Studio with Brad. I know you mentioned Brad, and he, you're working with him on his company and doing some things with him um, separately from this. But what have you observed? Totally unprepared question. <laughs> I know. You're going to be fine with anything I throw at you. So what do you think that entrepreneurial journey looks like? Because to me, when people say, Oh, it was an overnight success. I said, no, it took 15 years. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a long time to get there. Yep. And while, you know, <laughs> I'll never consider um, being a success right now, um, just, uh, you know, when I left my job, it was kind of like, you know, I, I did four and a half years of estimating, like, on a, for a flooring company in AutoCAD. Um, so while I had a, actually some job, job offers and so forth, you know, I kind of just had that mentality. I just wanted to not work for anyone. The bottom line, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about anything else. It was just a, I just didn't want to have a boss, um, you know. So when I started that and it led to Brad, um, who owns the tech company in Orlando, he actually, you know, we started with Sibos, um, the Archie brand. There was no mention of, you know, working with him or have ability to work um, along with his company. Um, so after the work, I think he's seen us put into the effort we've seen, he's seen us put into just starting this archery brand. At the same time, I was still running, you know, my other company. We were designing some websites for some people and so forth. And, um, you know, just through that effort and showing him, you know, everything um, and how we can work and, you know, just showing, showing someone the drive. Um, I've never been to college. I don't have a college degree. Just showing someone that you're willing to work and you can learn anything, Yeah. Um, I think is the ultimate skill to have for anyone. Um, he later, two weeks later, offered me a job, asked me to come be a sales manager for his company. I don't think um, uh, everybody has to go to college, honestly. And I'm a teacher, so I'm, I'm not supposed to say that. But college is, with today's world, we can actually learn everything. Well, not everything. We can learn a lot. But from YouTube, from all different types of courses that are available. We may not have the credentials. That's the difference. I think that's really important to remember. If you're looking for credentials, then that's why you go after a degree. If you want to have something that is going to demonstrate that you have a certain amount of knowledge, that's why you go to school. If you're wanting to go and have progression in you know, a master's or a doctorate or 
you know, Juris Doctorate, MD. That's why you go to school. But it's not for everybody, and I'm really glad that you shared that because I think you're brilliant. Uh, and I think, I've worked with you down there at Starter Studio. Yeah, and I think, uh, and you know, uh, I have no tech background. I, I did flooring, and then I worked did Dick's Sporting Goods. So you know, I, I never had never looked into it just because at the time I had no need to. Coming over here to Orlando and working around all these different tech companies just opened a whole new world. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing I can tell anyone to have is curiosity. You know, ask the questions. Don't be scared to ask. Um, you know, I, I've, I've been on my parents' health insurance still. Till mm-hmm. I'm 26. I have another year. So I've never looked into health insurance. I don't know nothing about it. I didn't even know what an open enrollment was. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know anything about, you know, connecting APIs or coding or anything like that. And just with, you know, just having a good team of people to work with and asking the right questions, I learned it all within a matter of a week or two. You know, and I think you can do that with anything. You know, mm-hmm. if anyone wants to get an archery, you know, that's what I would hope to produce a video is you can go to my website and within, you know, a day, an hour, be able to have your own bow, shoot your own bow, and, you know, just to have the curiosity to go look and ask all the right questions. You really have a big following. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it just continues to climb. <laughs> so we have 12 viewers right now. That's awesome. We had like, 16 right up there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, point. wow. Went from 16 to 12. Shout well, out to the viewers. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So... What have you learned about the development of an app? Because I'm going to go ahead and throw out, so guys, I'm learning how to write the algorithm. Mm -hmm. And part of writing an algorithm means you have to weight things. And weighting Mm -hmm. means that you're matching on a scale of one to five. Five is the highest, one is the lowest. What does this particular quality or this attribute of the, the... the actual algorithm what do you want that to be able to do when you're matching things up and so it's a math thing it's all about math (laughs) you know so is it like a one to five five to five five to four five to three you know you have to go and do that it takes forever to do this kind of stuff so I didn't know how to do uh, mock-ups for what a website or a web app is supposed to do I didn't know how to write software specifications. Just like what you're saying, you end up going, as an entrepreneur, well, I don't know how to do it. Guess I'm going to learn. Yeah, exactly. You can't have that. Yeah. You yeah. just got to, you have to, you have to, I mean, just figure it out. You like, have to be conversational in it, right? Yeah. The, the resources today are unlimited. There's no reason, you know, you can't learn anything. I learned about a whole click funnels process, which a lot of people might not know what that is, but a whole sales process within a matter of, you know, an hour or two of just watching the Craig videos. And, you know, the developing your app side of things, you know, I think it's the same thing again, you know, meeting the right people and knowing, um, you know, I, I'm no tech developer. I think if yeah. I went to do it, it'd be a waste of time. And, you know, if I try, I would love to help input, of course, but actually going down and developing it, I know that to be efficient, you have to find the right people to do that. Um, yeah. And it kind of worked out great. Actually, the company, the lead line I'm working for, um, just last night, actually, I was talking to our DTO there, and he's all on board. He wants to, he loves getting into new things. He loves agriculture. He loves all this and that. So he's going to help us along with that, along with my business partner, Sam. He's going, like I said, to school for computer science. So he's going to be a big help on that side of things. That's um, really great. App, so um, there again, you know, I don't want to say it's all about who you know, but you just got to make sure you have the right people around you to help you succeed because it's hard to do by yourself. Oh, my God, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so one of the things he's helped me with down there at Starter mm-hmm. Studio is with HubSpot. And I'm going to be pulling him in again. I'm going, okay, I need some help on this. And he, uh, His background is also in sales. He understands that. He's learned HubSpot just like this. I'm snapping my fingers because, again, I think he's super, super bright. 
And he's somebody I know I can go to and say, hey, I don't know how to do this. And he's already, he's ahead of me and he's teaching me. So really like that. Miranda, what's our next question? What are the substantial differences you think your app can make while shooting? That's a good question. It is. And so the app we're developing is going to be a variety of things. So we're kind of aiming for a technical side and a game side of things. So I want to be able, I want the shooter to be able to shoot their bow and not only track the FPS, the feet per second, which is like the golden rule. Like if someone goes to buy a bow, like the first thing they look at is the FPS. How fast is arrow fly? You know, it's just like... Okay, so how fast does an arrow fly? Uh, anywhere from, I mean, like there it goes. It depends on the bow. Anywhere from 250 to 400 feet per second. Um, and, you know, it, and it varies, you know, and with archery the the weight of the arrow the size of the fletching the poundage of the bow the length of the arrow the weight of the broader so many factors that skew that number you change one little thing and this number slows it faster you know so it would be great to give someone some live feedback because really the only thing that someone could use now is whether they either go to an archery range that has one or they have one, the actual machine that's you know 200 plus dollars that tracks it that you have to shoot an arrow directly through and you know god forbid you hit it and then you know it goes down the drain so yeah. we're trying to, we're developing some technology that will be able to track the arrow not only so you can get the fps of it but that way it, if you're looking at the screen of a phone you actually be able to track let's say your last thousand shots hundred shots um and you can see consistency of where you're shooting you know and you can make some adjustments that way or oh how did i shoot yesterday or the day before because a lot of factors come into play when you're shooting you know you're tired you're weak you know people notice um, even Sam, Sam, how he kind of got into it is I hooked him up with his first bow. I set it up for him. I taught him how to shoot it. And he's a great shooter now. But it was the same thing. He started to notice after about 30, 40 shots, he was getting, his shots were starting to get bad. And he's like, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? And I was like, you're just getting tired. Mm. I was like, you know, I mean, you can only shoot so much before you start getting weak. And that just instantly yeah. affects your shots. So hopefully that app to also throw in some pointers there. I know enough about helping people, setting them up with bows and so forth that I can basically give a general idea if all your arrows are hitting, let's say, you know, an inch and a half to the high right. I can, you know, a tip should pop up in the app. Hey, adjust your bow, you know, a centimeter down and a centimeter to the left. Oh, wow. Um, you know, or something to that effect, which that might get touchy because, you know, different arrow sights and stuff might affect that. But you could still get a pretty good idea. I could still say you need to go down, you know so forth and then the game side of things is i want to be able to play against your buddy growing up that was the best thing you know me and my buddies with all of five or six of us we'd all get out in the yard shoot bows um you know you play little games you know everyone aim for this circle or that circle but it's hard to do especially now that everyone's older everyone you know has families kids everything mm -hmm. you can't it, it's almost obsolete you know we never do it anymore so if i could find a way to which we're actually finding a way to track the shot so let's say i shoot 10 shots and I score 50 points, as an example. It would be like a cue, kind of like an iMessage game. I would just send it to my friend, and then if, when he shoots that night or the next day, you know, whenever he has a free chance, he shoots his 10 shots. And whatever his score is, he sends it back. And then, you know, you can keep track from there. Um, just to throw a little game side into it. But so it's kind of like adult darts. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's like extreme darts. darts yeah. Yeah, extreme darts. Yeah. There you go. And then, yeah. um, you know, and uh, as well as like, you know, like little questions on there um, to help people maybe either answer their problem or send them to a video that at that time we've produced on YouTube to better help them with their problem. Um, so I'm kind of wondering when you are shooting, does one arm get stronger than the other or do people, are they? It's the back. 
And but oh, it's your back. It's your back. So I've That's never worked out a day in my life. I'll admit it. <laughs> um, and uh, at the time when I was really in archery, I probably weighed 130 pounds. But um, there were guys that were six foot, 200 something pounds that could first time shooting could barely draw back at like a 70 pound draw weight, which is a pretty heavy draw weight. That's to where I could just pull but it back just with like ease. Only one side gets stronger. Than no, the other? it's it just it's it your works whole back. the whole back. So when you're actually Good to know. when you're drawing yeah. a bow back, you're pushing with your left and pulling with your right. Um, and the, both those muscles are engaged in your back. Um, you almost, you're, when you actually get tired of shooting, that's why, like Sam, for instance, you don't, or Sam, for instance, you don't notice you're getting tired because it's not your arms where you would think it is. Yeah. The only time your arms might get tired is because you're holding the bow with your left arm. But it's usually not your arms that get tired. And you'll start, you're like, man, why am I tired? And you'll kind of notice it's your back and it's hard to hold steady. Wow. That's interesting. That I would have thought it would be your arms. Yeah. Me too. And, yeah. and, and, and you'll notice, um, even the day after shooting, it's not your arms. It's right in the back of your shoulders and in your back. Have you guys ever gone uh, rock climbing? I tried. Like in a gym? <laughs> yeah. In a gym, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's the same thing. Like in a gym, when I've gone rock climbing, I have seen that I try to pull more with my arms when I've been told, no, you push with mm-hmm. your legs. And once I switched over, I went, oh, my God, it's like night and day and because the muscles are obviously stronger. So. Yeah, it's, uh, it's muscles you think you'll never use. It's a lot, a lot of time that's what it is. That's why a lot of people who even work out are in shape. My partner, Sammy, for instance, he's an in-shape guy. He's like 6'2". He's kind of stout. Um, and he, he was having trouble sitting down and drawing it back. Wow. Um, and, you know, and he was not pissed but almost confused, you know, yeah. like, you know, why. And it was, you know, the same sense, you know, if you haven't ever used those muscles and I think they're really specific muscles. I'm not, I don't know that much about the anatomy yeah. or anything like that, but I, I do know. I bet you're going to learn it, though. Yeah, I will. I'm going to have to. <laughs> you're going to um, be able to use that as a way to help people go, okay, so if you want to strengthen your upper back, your lower back. Yeah, you know. yeah. The same thing. It's great. Um, you know, you'll, you'll feel it like a workout the next day. Oh, um, I'm sure. You know, you'll feel loose, a little, you know, sore, but it's a great feeling, obviously. So, hmm. so what's our next question? What do you think the archery and outdoor sports industry will be like in 10 to 20 years? So that's a great question. It, as much as little as it seems like it hasn't changed in the past couple of years, what has changed is the following. And there's a lot more people getting into hunting as much as there is um, a lot of people uh, protesting it. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes back to the old saying, any media is good media or any news is good news, you know. Yeah. So as much as people are protesting, it brings attention to people who never looked into it, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and as they're both growing, that's the same uh, concept. The hunters are growing. There's a lot of people getting into hunting, art, not just hunting, but archery. Um, there's a lot of youth programs around the country you can get into for recurves. It's uh, brought to a lot of camps, um, you know, summer camps and so forth. There's actually a great one here in Orlando. We're actually looking to put on a lot of events for children um, here in the near future once we're able to put together all the equipment and everything because that's where it starts, Um, you know, is while they're young here, you know, if you get a fan today, you know, who's 8 or 10 years old and shooting when they're an adult, you know, you have that fan forever, hopefully. So I think that's a lot to do in 10 to 20 years, you know. you The more people, the more famous people, the more well-known people that get into it, I think it'll definitely be a growing sport as well as people like me who are trying to bring a technology into it it's not there there's um very little technology i didn't hardly pay attention to bows for five years while i was working for flooring and i got back into it and it's all the same there wasn't much that's changed um which even gave us the more of a 
incentive to go forward yeah. with this because it's such an open market. There's um, very little new technology that's there. It just no one's doing it because no one just cares to pay that much. So attention. you know what's right next to us, and I don't know if you guys have seen this. There's a big trend to throw axes. Oh yeah, I want to yeah. try that. <laughs> There's one right next door to us <laughs> in Starter funny. Studio that's imagine. opening up. Um, Battle Axe, right? Uh, yes, that one's called Battle Axe. There's another one in Orlando called Epic Axe Throwing. Yeah, and that's oh. just. I don't know, three streets away from us. So it's a big trend. People are down there. And if people are throwing axes, I'm pretty sure that they would have archery ranges. But it seems like it'd be kind of like a bowling alley. You'd have to have a lot of distance, right? Because the axes are very short. It doesn't take as much space. But I think archery would take more space. So it would, in a sense. Um, I would think that if you're trying to do something, excuse me, if you're trying to do something similar to the axe throwing, um, yeah, that type of a business model. In that type of business model, you wouldn't have to because the idea is they have it closer for more easy user experience. Mm -hmm. um, and you would do the same thing with archery. You know, really anything closer than like ten yards is just like way too close, maybe. Mm. Um, but I think you could get away with like ten to eight to ten yards, which is about what the axe throwing lanes are. Um, so you could get away with that, especially um, if you're using recurve, which I think you would use. I think compound bows would be too difficult for, you know, that kind of entertainment value. Well, I'm just suggesting that as a possibility. Yeah. You could oh, set no. it up like that <laughs> yeah. way. So yeah. you could have this whole franchise. Yeah, of, uh, we, uh, I've actually talked with um, uh, my guys about talking to the people at Battle Axe because they're building it right now. And I walk by it every single morning right. and evening. Um, and I've been wanting to talk to her about it. Um, I see the lady in there, but I haven't had a chance to get her she's usually in there talking to some construction workers but definitely thought about it um especially in the same sense of just you know the educational side of it you know being able to teach people about bows because you know i think people go in there and throw an axe nine most of them probably don't go buy an axe and a board to go throw you know i mean like maybe some do or maybe they yeah. buy a little axe but well i'm gonna go try it out oh of course and uh, and you know but i think the the selling them after getting them into archery if they came to something like that and then giving them maybe the tools or whatever they need mm -hmm. to keep pursuing it or come back even i think would be big to get more people into it mm -hmm. yeah i would definitely go to a range if there was <coughs> one like that right. for archery i would yep. definitely go how about you cindy you want to go try it out? I would. I can see you doing it. Yeah. I, I might be able to really get some aggression, anger out That's by seeing the axe and <laughs> yeah. just throwing it. Not saying I'm visualizing throwing it at a person. Well, what about the bow and arrow? Would you do that? I would. Same same concept. Yeah. yeah. And absolutely. then when you get it on your target, you can feel like, yes. I can reach my goals. You know, it's not a mind thing like we talked about. It's all therapeutic yeah. up here. Yeah, but mm -hmm. I feel like archery would be very relaxing, whereas yeah. axe, it's just throwing it. But archery would be more concentration. There's yes. a lot of precision, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, a lot of that? precision. I think it's the same with the axe because with the axe, I think you've got the weight of, yeah. you know, it's. I'm going to guess it's. it feels like it gets heavy. Uh, I think, like, the axe is a lot of timing. You know, it's a lot of release as mm -hmm. to where, you know, mm -hmm. it's not so much accuracy as kind of, well, I mean, it is accuracy, but I think like timing has a lot to do with it as where, like she was mentioning with a bow would be, you know, you could put in as much effort as you want into it. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to, you know, 
make very little movements and draw back further and, you know, make the shot, and that's what you do. Or you can kind of relax lackadaisically, just kind of shoot for fun. I like to think of archery is like the golf of the hunting world. Mm. Yeah, um, that's a good way of putting it. It's the one shot, you know, I golf a lot. I'm not very good at golf, but I make one good shot every time I go out, and that keeps me going back. <laughs> you know, yeah. same thing with archery. You know, you can, if you shoot three arrows in a row and they're all relatively close, you're like, oh. And, you know, whether you can do that again or not is up to you. But, you know, just that one little instance will keep you coming back. And that kind of, you know, a little off topic, but it kind of reminds me of another reason I relate golf to archery um, in the sense that there's people out there that go and spend thousands and thousands of dollars on golfing equipment. Oh, yeah. Um, and they still suck. Yeah. <laughs> I know a lot of them. They got the nicest, nice, yeah. and they're just, you know, they're no better than a guy, you know, who has just old It's stuff. hard, too. And it is. And archery's the same way. There's people out there, you know, uh, growing up, I mentioned earlier, um, I've, I've probably, I think I've only ever missed two deer in my whole life. I've killed quite a bit with an arc, with a um, bow, at least. And I've killed quite a few, and I've never used a bow that cost more than, like, $400, all this setup. Wow. Um, and I know people <laughs> that have these three four thousand dollar bows and they miss the shot you know so you mm. know you put all that money and effort into making yourself a little better but really at the end of the day it didn't matter and golf's the same way you can spend all the money you want but if right. you, you know if you still suck at golf you still suck at golf same yeah thing with it's bows. how much effort you put into it yeah. it's not the and, amount and golf, of money on the and, and they're both the same where you can spending that money will help you to an extent you know to that point of cushion you know yeah. you know help your shot a little more and so forth but at the end of the day you know you don't need it I like to say, think the same thing with golf and archery. You know? Yeah. Well, so you've raised a couple of other questions that come up to my come up in my mind. So if I were to go into into Dick's, I know that there's one over there by Fashion Square, and I wanted to go and get some equipment. Do you have to have a license for this? No, you don't. Archery um, in itself, you know, being able to shoot a bow in your backyard is completely fine. They won't question you. You don't. You have to be over eighteen. Okay. To buy so any you equipment. have to prove. You have to be over 18, you know, if you're under 18, you know, uh, get one of your parents to go in and help you if you want to get into it, obviously. You know, that's a whole other side of thing of the getting kids in archery. Dick's actually, just just in case you do go to Dick's, they actually, I don't think, actually sell hunting equipment anymore. Um, oh, I think okay. uh, as a business, they got out of most of it. I know they still sell some, but I think um, last time I checked, they don't even sell it anymore. Um, but there's still quite a few great places around you can look into it, but you, you would just need to be 18. Um, go in there um, you know the hard part there is too for a lot of people which is another reason I'll put out videos is they don't know the you know they don't know what's good you know you could read all the reviews you want but if you you're just completely blind getting into archery you know the reviews might not mean much to you so you know I want to provide a platform you know online where someone knows they don't have to spend that money they don't go in somewhere and they upsell them on all this you know miscellaneous stuff especially as a beginner that's a same thing, I feel like they, they get a lot of people. I would see people come in when I worked at Dick's, hey, get me into hunting, and they just assume they have to buy the most expensive, um, you know, which from a salesman standpoint, that's right. what you know, I go for. But uh, at the same time, you know, if I'm trying to help someone, then it's not. So I find this a really interesting show. So I just looked at it and went, oh, my gosh, it's like 640. So we're, we're going we're gonna to have to kind of like breeze through some stuff relatively quickly. Let's take a moment, Miranda, and do a patron announcement. Okay. Starter Studio is a pioneering hub for innovative and tech-enabled entrepreneurs that empowers and provides resources for entrepreneurs, creatives, and innovators to begin, grow, and flourish in Central Florida. 
They offer open community educational programs, accelerators, funding, and collaborative workspaces. Starter Studios fosters a community serving as a platform for the ideas of the future. Their website is starterstudio.org. Thank you, Starter Studio, for being a patron of the Intern Pursuit, Intern Whisper Alive. Okay, so we're going to breeze through just like probably like two, maybe three questions if we're lucky here. So, okay, so our show's all about interns. And I know you shared that you had not gone to college, but if you were going to bring in interns into your business, what would you begin searching for? What are the qualities, the attributes, the traits, characteristics that you're looking for from a student? I think, you know, goes back to the curiosity thing, you know. Uh, an intern position, I feel like you're not going in there. That's your career. That's your job. That's what you're looking for. They're going in there to explore and learn. Um, so, you know, and I think some people expect a lot from an intern. Mm-hmm. And coming from someone who, like, just jumped into uh, an mm-hmm. industry while I'm getting paid at the same time, you know, I, I, you know, I understand, you know. Like, I don't know any of this stuff. Like, what do you <laughs> – you don't even pay me, you know. So I could understand that. But at the same time, you know, if they ask the right questions – and they follow through, you know, they'll get that business side of things. And if it's something they're actually into and looking for, then they'll really figure out whether they like it or not. And, you know, mm-hmm. if they ask the right questions and then they still realize that it's not something for them, then they, you know, can go from there. But um, I think the curiosity is a big one, wanting to always learn, wanting yeah. to, and especially for an intern, like you're trying to get as much information in that little bit of time you might work with that company um, before you either leave or potentially even get hired. Absolutely. Absolutely. What do you two think would be a good skill for somebody to have? You guys have been interning. For pick a, a skill that you think that is really valuable to bring to the table as an employer. What have you you've been with me for a semester, so Yes. What big skill do you think is super important? I would say attention to detail. Oh yes, ma'am. Timeliness. Yes, ma'am. Um, let's see. Um being a good collaborator. Mm-hmm. You know, and having excellent communication skills. Yep. It's at least top four. That's for your mom. Well, that was for me. Okay. <laughs> there yeah. you go. I like that. I yeah. like that. How about you, Miranda? I was going to say it's dependability mm-hmm. and knowing That's that good. you can, yeah, knowing that you can trust the person. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you named all I kind of yeah. went off a little <laughs> bit. That's okay. You're just confirming it. Those are good. I'm collaborating. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Pretty much. Not to do the whole what she said but mm-hmm. yeah pretty much yeah for me it's always problem solving when somebody can come in and they can solve my problems i'm sitting there going oh my god <laughs> thank you don't ever leave stay with me forever because i see that as you know they're using critical thinking they're solving problems they're coming in here and they're using strategic planning i mean all of the cylinders are working for me at that point in time and and that's what makes somebody stand out for uh, me. Yeah, and to chime in, uh, problem solving, um, I think a huge thing for any company, anywhere you go, is not just looking at something and say, ooh, what can we do better? Mm-hmm. But figuring out what's wrong with what you have, because there's always something wrong. You know, yeah. figuring out, that's the first thing I do, and I think you know, that's what's led me to where I am, is you know, first thing I do is trying to figure out, like, okay, well, what's really wrong with it? And then, then you solve it, and that's what makes it better versus and just... And customer discovery. Correct. And client Your customers client are going to tell you what's wrong with <laughs> you, it. You, I, I, I talked to a gentleman the other day who told me, once you get a really good client, a couple good clients, figure out which one is the hardest on you, mm-hmm. and ask him for the feedback. Oh, yes, um, I would ask, agree with you that. Ask, you know, who's the most stingy, who's the most... Because they're still your client. 
clients, but they'll tell they'll be honest and they'll tell you yeah, what's really sure wrong. Yeah, they sure enough will. So I totally agree with that. Who are some of the great leaders and mentors that you have either known personally or professionally, living or dead? It can be famous people, just everyday people that you admire and have really influenced your life. Dad's father, my granddaddy, who passed away, um, had some issues before. You know, have everyone has every family has their issues, but he every day always wanted me to you know strive to be my best and he would always you know threaten me if I didn't get straight A's and you know that kind of uh attitude but you know and I didn't really appreciate it until later in life when you know you start to realize that you have to you know move on you know have to show up every day work every day and you know do what you got to do you can't just be lazy about anything and um and I'm guilty for it I'm I procrastinate and everything like that but I think really while I never listened to him while he was here, I think afterwards I really took for what he had to say in stride. I, I think your mother loves you, too. Yeah, probably. <laughs> you probably should give a, a little uh, yeah, shout-out yeah. for your mommy. Yes, love your mama. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess she's uh, helped form you, yeah, too. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, both my parents especially. Um, I wouldn't be here without them, absolutely. Yeah, it's, you know, that's a long list of people. Um, yeah. friends and family you know it could go on forever especially my friends a lot of people have a couple friends you know they live with but I've had 10 friends <laughs> and they've all been my best friends for yeah. you know if, if we always argue it'd be a horrible day to get mm. married because you don't know who yeah. the <laughs> best man's gonna be <laughs> I have a lot of like they're that. all my best friends <laughs> I'm sure yeah. there's a way you can figure yeah. that one out it's a lope and then just have the big party yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, yeah um so we have a it's a new year is approaching um what are your goals for your company and then tell us how people can find you. Tell us the website. Tell us all of that good stuff. So my goals for this upcoming year is um, to start getting our videos down. Um, we're going to be starting. To, we have our first video releasing soon. Like I said, it's like a coming soon introduction video. Mm-hmm. Kind of give some examples of what we're going to be doing. It's like a minute and a half long video. And once we get that going, you know, we're going to be starting to save up our money and um, hopefully raise some money to get all the equipment we need. We have all the camera equipment, and everything, but the actual bow press and the archery equipment to work on we're gonna be working on that and as soon as we have that we're gonna just be pumping out content you know um my videographer shout out eric he's uh he goes to full sale um he's a genius with the editing and everything like that so you know as soon as i get it to him he's on it and that's another great person to have mm-hmm. by your side as someone who knows a lot about editing and videography guys over here yeah exactly that's these guys <laughs> yep and uh so he's made the he's made it a lot he's made it easy on me too and you know just having being able to get out there and get my name out there like you said client discovery in a sense finding out who likes my product who wants to get in my product and you know hopefully have at least a line of uh clothing and merchandise out along with some we're going to be coming out with our own actual compound bows and our um, arrows and broadheads yeah. um eventually oh, wow. so branded with my name on them so that's um, great yeah. Once that comes out, it'll be that'll probably be like the big leap um, coming out with our own archery brand line. So, so what's the website? So it's Sebo's, just that spelled S E B O W S dot com. Um, it is under construction right now. We All had right. it live last week, but then we took it down because of the new footage we got. We want to revamp it up a little, so we're in the process of that. But um, same thing. Once we have the video out, my YouTube channel will be Sebo's as well, just S E B O W S. And we'll have that video and the website up hopefully within next week. So very nice. Okay, so um, <laughs> we're gonna give a, we're gonna skip our music right now, just so you know. We want to give Valencia College a shout out. Thank you for always letting us be in the studio. We appreciate you. We appreciate Q. We appreciate everybody that opens the door for us because we don't have keys. So thank you to all of those people. And we're gonna do shout outs. Sydney, you're up. 
Shout out to everyone. That's my shout out. Everyone listening. It. Everyone on the world. Everybody. I love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Miranda? Shout out to my family and my friends. I love you all. And shout out to our viewers. Yes. Who have been so entertaining. Those. I really appreciate yeah. all the comments. Women's shirts. It's been <laughs> okay. great. Um, you're up. You get yeah, to give a shout um, out. I would definitely love to give a shout out to all my friends and family. Uh, it's definitely a wild crowd, um, as you can tell, I'm sure. But uh, I wouldn't be here without all of them. So I love every one of them. Yep, and my shout-out goes to the two guys that are doing our video work over here. They're always the silent ones, but they make us look awesome. They make us sound great in there, and to Charles and Elijah. Um, but hey, actually, to, I agree with you, Sydney. To everyone, <laughs> to, to everybody, everybody on our team. Yeah. Everyone. We, we love those, and we also love our listeners and our um, fans that are signing up on Intern Pursuit. We've got about one to two students signing up every day on the platform, so I'm very excited about that. So how to contact us, info at internpursuit.tech. You can go to the website. You can find our phone numbers. And remember, we are on Facebook, Twitter. We are live on Facebook. Follow Intern pursuit and as we close we want to say thank you to all of our viewers and listeners for following us so take us out please sydney